Welcome to Canada's Pinball Podcast. This is a little midweek edition of Canada's Pinball Podcast. And this is going to be a quick one because I actually have to run to a meeting in about 25 minutes. So what do I want to talk about on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast? Real simply, I was having a conversation with someone about how many times a year can you get excited about a pinball launch? And the reason we were talking about this is if you look at over the last couple years, there's just so many titles that are coming out. And I think for all of you out there, the excitement of a new pinball coming out, right? The more new titles that get released or revealed, or the more times a company asks us to buy their games, um, I think the less special it becomes. I think that a good analogy would be I love Guns N' Roses music because there are so few studio tracks of Guns N' Roses that every time Guns N' Roses has a new album, it's very meaningful. But if they just kept pumping out songs every single year after a while, you kind of lose the like special nature of it. Same is like with true with like Star Wars movies, right? They're going to make so many of them that after a while, each launch loses some of its luster. Now, look. I know all of you out there absolutely love pinball and you're saying, Chris, you're crazy. The more pinball, the merrier. And that might be true. But think about it. Think about it. How many times have your expectations of a new pinball machine got you super excited only to see the machine and ultimately, you know, almost every new launch is somewhat underwhelming, right? And I think we're getting to a point when we talk about saturation of the market of pinball it's not just that prices are going to come down i think people's enthusiasm and desire to buy machines is going to wane over time and it's just it's just natural we have never really lived in an era like this where so many manufacturers are trying to launch pinball machines uh, and and it's just like it's impossible to like even know all of them. And I'm I'm here to, today to tell you that there is going to be new pinball machines that come out that aren't even on your radar. Okay. And I know for a few I know a few of them personally that are being worked on that you guys don't even have a clue about. And I can't share the information with you, but they're coming. And some of them have me really excited. Some of them I'm curious about. Um, what they're ultimately going to end up being, but there's a lot of pinball. And what I want to hear from you guys, I want you to email me, canadapinball at gmail.com. Do you feel a sense of fatigue? Do you feel like, ah, you know, there's just, there's too many. If I could have my wish, my dream would be instead of like four to five new Stern titles a year, I would rather them take the time to really make the juggernaut licenses amazing okay what i mean by that is i would rather have them taken the time to make ghostbusters like one of the greatest games of all time do you hear that truck this city's insane (laughs) i would rather them have made star wars something truly classic that would last the ages you know imagine this stern has 
two amazing licenses a year and and they've been worked on for two years and that's all we get two amazing games that sell you know four thousand five thousand units versus their current model which just seems to be a numbers game and i think you could argue that it's a little bit quantity over quality at stern these days um you got jersey jack who's really going to quality approach but he just can't get the license down. Now, I want to thank you guys who keep emailing me and saying, Chris, it's not a theme. It's a license. You keep saying theme integration. It's license integration. Um, so th I, look, I, I'm sorry that I made that marketing mistake. Um, so, you know, I think we're at that point now. I think we're at that point. You know, tomorrow we're going to hear from DeepRoot. And, and I want to talk a little bit about DeepRoot, and then I'm going to read some of your email feedback to me, and then I got to go because I got a meeting at 9 a.m. But I want to talk about DeepRoot a little bit. And, you know, I've been hearing a lot of talk behind the scenes about DeepRoot. Here's what I've heard so far, and we're, we'll probably get clarity on this tomorrow, that they have hired three pinball designers. Now, we know John Papaduke, uh, but we, I also heard that they hired another designer that uh, is an old pinball designer that we're all familiar with. I, I don't know who it is. If I were to speculate, I don't know, maybe it's Dennis Nordman, maybe it's Barry O. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure. What I want to say is this, and I've had some conversations with Robert Mueller over at Deep Root, and you know, I, I think I said that I wanted him to come on the show and that he, he declined. Look, and, and, and I know they listen to the show, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I, I, I think a lot of manufacturers have to listen to this podcast. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. I mean, we're covering their, their very business. And if, if a manufacturer thinks that a podcast like mine or Head to Head Pinball doesn't influence their sales in a way, they're dead wrong. I mean, I, I think we do have the power to either excite or to remove people's enthusiasm around a title. Okay, so for Deep Root, I wanna say this. I don't know really anything that's going on at Deep Root, okay? I don't. And I've said some things that have been cynical, that have been strident, that have made fun of this new effort to get John Papaduke games out, but I know that these guys are doing something behind the scenes. And I've never claimed to know exactly what is going on. Uh, I do know that there are people working there to make these things happen. And look, as I said to Robert, I have always been nothing but fair and honest and respectful of every guest who's ever come on this show. I mean, you guys have listened to this show. When have I ever interviewed anyone and, and been a jerk or been like, uh, you know, uh, competitive with them or, or argumentative with them? Never, okay? Now look, and I told this to Robert, like you have to understand that when you hitch up with J-pop, you're going to get what you're going to get. And we saw it with American Pinball. Um, you know, we, 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 and it's not just like deep root, right? I think there's just a lot of uh, uh, angst and anxiety and fear and frustration whenever people think about the concept of a new boutique company that's never manufactured a pinball machine before, that is partnering up with a designer that has failed to deliver his games that he took people's money, right? So they know the challenges ahead. These are not idiots. These are smart people. These are people who have been very successful in other businesses. But I think, look, we've all seen that success in other areas of business doesn't always transfer over to pinball. Now, what I want to say to Deep Root is this, and, I, and you, they know this, 
They know this. They know that they have to make John's customers whole. And if they do that, if they make everybody whole who John owes either a game or money to and gets them their product that they paid for years ago, all will be forgiven. You know, this, this hobby has a capacity to be angry and attack companies that screw them over, but they also have the same capacity to forgive and forget and move on if all is made right. I mean, this is a toy. You know, I was talking to Jack Danger about this because I love Jack Danger. I think he's an amazing dude. And, you know, he just said it very simply. This is a toy. You know, sometimes we forget that. It's a toy. When we start talking about legal threats and pressure and losing money and, you know, lies and speculation and drama, it's all just a toy. And when we, when we lose touch with that notion that this is a non-essential toy that mostly like upper middle class and upper class, you know, let's just be honest, like white guys who are kind of bored, who have a little excess money are looking to put into their home because they need to like, you know, they need something else in their world to, to make them wake up in the morning. It's, it's a toy. It is no different than a car you don't need, no different than an expensive, uh, you know, gaming computer that you don't need. I mean, it, that's all it is, okay? So I look forward to seeing what Deep Root says tomorrow. Um, but look, if I could give them any advice, any advice, I know a thing or two about marketing. I wouldn't say much if I were them. I wouldn't say much. I would literally let the games and the products do the talking. I'll tell you why. If history has shown us anything, do not take credit for your intentions in pinball. Do not take credit for the team you've built. Do not take credit for the dreams you have. You know, we saw that with Highway Pinball. It was always like Andrew Highway's dream. Andrew, Andrew Highway was accepting business awards before he shipped a single machine, right? It is very easy to get ahead of yourself. And no matter how confident you are in your team's ability, there are always issues that plague pinball manufacturing, right? Even Stern, the guys have been doing it for 30 plus years, have had significant issues in getting games to market. So I hope these guys do the smart thing and say very little, but speak with their actions and not with their words, okay? But we've already seen websites filled with words and this and that, and I get it. They're, they're in a sticky situation with the whole John Papaduke lawsuits and, and all of that. So look, Robert, you know, you know if you come on this show, we'll have a good conversation. Uh, he said he was going to do a different podcast. He wouldn't. So I'm wondering which one it is. It's not Nate Shivers. It's not Head to Head. I'm wondering, you know, I don't know. Is it going to be straight down the middle podcast? Who knows? Who knows? But look, I, I would happily have a conversation with Robert and his team over there to see what they're doing. All right. I'm, I'm out. I told him I'm out on Magic Girl. It's gone. I sold it. So the drama is over for me. I, I can look at this much more objectively. All right, let's read. I actually got a good email. I want to read some of the email feedback I've been getting, all right? Because I told you guys I would, and I want you to write in more often because I think when you hear me speak about it, it excites you. So first I want to, this, this guy, I, I like this email. So this was from listener Mark Felt. Mark, thank you for listening to the podcast and writing in because I think Mark, 
he, he gave me some good advice, and I, I want to read it to you, and I have some feedback on it, but he said, Chris, congratulations on the Twippy. You deserve it, but with great power comes great responsibility. There is no reason to be going after this guy Hilton, whomever he is. I don't know the backstory. I don't care. You are behaving like a bully toward him, and it's not cool. Be the bigger man. Buy him a nice, legitimate, plain American giant hoodie and apologize on the air. Call a truce with the guy. Okay? All right. I want to tackle this part of his email because he says some more stuff. Okay. So here's the thing with Hilton. All right. We all know, all of us in pinball who actually know Hilton um, from Madison, Wisconsin, you know, he's, he's not a bad guy. Like most people. They're, they're not bad people in person, right? So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bullying Hilton, all right? What I'm, what I'm going to say is this. Pinside and people's forum behavior is oftentimes radically different than who they are in real life. Now, for some reason, and I can't explain this, Hilton decides to constantly, constantly just be the guy that just is negative Nancy on Pinside. And the reason why, and, and I think, you know, you need to know the backstory, Mark, is that Hilton isn't some innocent victim of Canada's vitriol. I mean, this individual, and this is not this is not bullying, these are just facts about an individual's character. He basically shilled two games. He shilled Predator and shilled Alien. And he shilled both companies when both companies were in financial dire straits. And he convinced people that he knew things were fine and they should stay with those organizations. And ultimately, everyone ended up losing their money on Predator and came so close to losing their money on Alien. Now, look, as part of my job to keep these companies honest, I also need to keep the individuals that are very closely associated with these companies on the forums honest as well. Okay, now it goes, it goes deeper than that. So if you also notice that Hilton, he always, always finds a reason to rain on my parade whenever it happens. So I get a magic girl and he's the one who's like, you know, screaming at the gates that I shouldn't be allowed to take possession of it. But ultimately, ultimately, I won an award Mark, like I won an award for my podcast and I work really hard on this podcast. I spent a lot of my time on this podcast. I won an award that was decided on by you, the listener, by fans of pinball, right? You guys voted for me. I got to vote once. Okay. You voted for me. And if you read the Twippy thread, it's such a positive thread until you read Hilton. He chimes in and derails and adds his negativity into the thread. And, but ultimately what he's saying is he doesn't think that my victory is legitimate. And he's questioning the whole voting mechanism of the Twippies. A at the same time, he also admits that he cheated and voted multiple times using different accounts. And ultimately, Mark, I, I won't stand by and let someone do that, right? It's not being the bigger man. To Why would I apologize to him? I mean, I, I don't know what world some of you live in, but I'm also like a Sicilian who was raised by a Sicilian mother who we have a lot of pride in what we do. And when we do stuff, we aim to do it the best. And if someone's going to uh, chime in and, 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 and cry foul and say, this is an illegitimate podcast victory, I'm not going to just let him go. Okay. And I also think that you know, his damage to the hobby, his damage to Pinside is something that I will continue to cover. Okay. So I'm just going to say that like, but again, like Hilton's not a bad guy. Like we don't have, there's not like real hate. This is not real bullying. 
Like I, I've seen real bullying in my life. I've been picked on in my life. I've picked on people in my life. This is not bullying. I mean, and I wouldn't use that word loosely because I do think that bullying is a terrible thing. So I don't think we bully him. I think we keep him honest because nobody, it's hard to do that on Pinside because for some reason, Robin has put that guy in a protective bubble and, and bet on, he bet on Hilton. Pinside moderators bet on Hilton. And the other thing, Mark, because if you knew the full story, when I was let back on Pinside, I saw for a fact from moderators, he wrote emails to every moderator complaining about me being allowed back on Pinside and asking for them to remove me from the site. So you tell me, you know, he got his way. They kicked me off of Pinsight basically because of his complaints. The moderators were tired of him complaining. Now, what did I do? Did I cry over spilt milk? Did I run away? Did I leave the hobby? No, I created this podcast that I think has created far more value than anything he has said on Pinsight in all the years, okay? So look, maybe that's the silver lining in all of this is that Hilton's desire to see me leave the hobby has actually made me one of the most influential voices in the hobby, and he continues to be seen as somewhat of a joke. All right, so Mark, you continue to write. All right, you judge J-Pop, you judge Trudeau uh, for being a dirtbag. Hold yourself to a higher standard. All right, we're getting, okay, I want to move beyond this part. Here are some notes about pinball, he writes. Um, Those of us who used to be in the business never said theme, we said license IP. Um, put two and two together. Who is to say that Deep Root does not develop their games and then Stern contract manufacture them? So I want to, let's, let's tackle that real quick. Do I think Stern's going to contract manufacture Deep Root's games? I can't imagine they would. I, I really don't think they, 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 they have a desire to manufacture a John Papadou game. Uh, but you never know, right? I mean, they made Medieval Madness Remix, so there's always a possibility. I mean, Stern does everything for the almighty dollar. Don't get me wrong. Like, it, it is strange that they would manufacture a, a, a potential competitor, which would eat away at their bottom line. But again, like, I don't think they see it like that. I just think they see a machine on a line equals dollars. I think that is really the focus. Um, he then goes on to write, uh, ACDC Lucy is not going back on the line due to poor Guardians of the Galaxy sales. It is going back on the line because there is demand. Plain and simple. The days of collecting as an investment are dead when Stern can just put it back on the line and anything Williams Bally is subject to being remade. All right, let me let me talk about Lucy because you guys are like talking a lot about Lucy on Pinside right now. Um, the thread is kind of blowing up. We know that they're remaking Lucy. Um, look, none of us know what Stern's sales figures are. So for for Mark to tell me that it's not going back on the line because of poor Game of Thrones or Guardians of the Galaxy sales, does he know that for a fact? I mean, I, all I can do is speculate. But you have you you can't tell me that Guardians of the Galaxy is selling extremely well. You, you, I, I, I fail to see people unboxing LEs. I fail to see the conversation around that game being very high. In fact, I, it almost feels like the game didn't even exist or come out. I, I know a few of you have it, but again, I think this game is going to go down as one of those misses in, in the Stern sort of, you know, in the, in the chronicles of Stern Pinball, which games weren't very successful commercially. I don't know. You know, so... ACDC Lucy Vault 
You know, look, because of demand, really? Like, who's like, oh, you know what we really need? We need more ACDCs. I mean, if is there any other game out there that has more, like, variations and limited editions back in black? Like, you've got the Lucy, you know, you've got this, you've got that. I mean, I, I'm so tired of ACDC. They, they made, like, 5,000 of these things, and they all pretty much play the same. So why is there demand in 2018 for more ACDC? Aren't we over this game by now? Like, haven't all of you out there played it and beat it and, and want to move on to something new and refreshing? I, I don't think it was a matter of demand. I think they basically, they realized, look, they'll sell some, but look what they're doing. You know, look what Stern is doing right now. They are basically saying... We're going to make a limited number of these games, and they're trying to create fear of scarcity to drive people to go buy ACDC Lucy Edition. Something that everyone needs to realize, it was never a limited edition. They didn't make many because the demand dried up. People didn't want it after a while because they had been inundated with ACDCs. And now that Stern is making like a vault edition of ACDC with like a better window, you know, in the lower play field. Look, I failed to... I fail to believe that there's like a thousand people or 500 people that want another... ACDC, you know, demand dried up. And that's why Lucy was limited in volume, but it's not a limited edition game. And I think people need to realize this. They will make as many as they get orders. Do not fall victim to the hype that they're only going to make like 200. So hurry up and buy yours today. That is such a, a marketing and a sleazy sales ploy. And I don't believe it. And I don't think you should believe it either. All right. All right, let's see what else Mark said. Because I got to run. It's, it's like time's running out. Uh, do, 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 uh, The player with the real upside here is spooky. They have the right overhead structure and are growing slowly. There are no patents on playfield layouts, and there are some fantastic games with no ramps they could use as inspiration for some great pinball. Imagine a killer zombie Yeti or Frenchy art package on a spooky game. Could be amazing. I agree with you that Alice Cooper may not be the strongest license, but these guys are doing way more things right than wrong lately. All right. He also wrote, and it, oh, do, 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 do. JJP is challenged to say the least. They don't have a proper distributor network, so they will never be able to sell the big numbers that Stern is selling and introducing pirates at Expo was a mistake. Um, look, I, 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 Mark, first of all, thank you, brother. Like, I, I love these guys who write me paragraphs explaining like what their views are on stuff. Look, Spooky's doing things right. Charlie's got a sweetheart deal with the town. You know, we all want to see Spooky make great games. We'll see what happens with the Nightmare Castle. Um, Jersey Jack, again, all he needs is the right, uh, not theme. He needs the right license, and Jack will see the sales come in. All right, I got another email I want to read to you guys. Oh, do, 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 do. Let's see. Um, I got an email from Drew. Thank you, Drew. He said, Drew, listening to your latest uh, podcast talking P3, I think if P3 were to develop a Mot U pin using the platform, they would sell. Imagine the playfield starting in a Prince Adam mode, collecting power swords, and the playfield morphing changing to a He-Man mode. And during gameplay, even morphing into Snake Mountain Skeletor mode. Okay, so Mott U apparently is Masters of the Universe. And if, so basically, Drew, thank you. Drew said, if they made a He-Man pinball machine, Masters of the Universe, for P3, 
uh, as a license, it would help sell the P3 platform. Look, I'll, I'll be honest, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> they need something like this. They need something that emotionally draws you into the product. I'm sorry. I, I have total respect for Jerry and his efforts, but Lexi Lightspeed does not do anything for people. All right. The games that are available, cosmic kart racing, like some farm games, some rocks. Jerry, you've, you, you're the engineer. You're the technologist. You need to partner up with like a poet, <laughs> like someone who understands the way to someone's heart. You understood the way to the engineering challenges, but someone needs to understand that the way to get people to buy stuff is through their emotions and their heart, not through just like the technical aspects of what you've created. And until they get there, until they get there, that platform is going to remain very stagnant when it comes to sales. All right. Um, Dave Sanders, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Sanders of Highway Pinball is going to join this podcast. Now, Dave, I, I hope you're listening. We need to find the right time. It was supposed to be tomorrow, but now I'm traveling to Atlanta tomorrow. So maybe we can do it early in the morning, which will, which, which I could, I could actually do. So maybe like 7 a.m. my time, like whatever that is your time. But I'm really looking forward to talking to Dave Sanders from Highway Pinball. Uh, what else do we got here? So I want, I got an email from Joe. Um, Joe 86, he says, let's see, Joe said, Chris, congratulations on winning the best podcast. Um, let's see, ACDC Lucy, he said, I'm one of the few who is ecstatic that this has been announced. I put my order in with JJ immediately. Um, and he said, I can't remember if you mentioned it on the podcast, but Stern sees the secondary market prices and they would rather have profit than letting collectors have it. Of course. Why does Stern want, well, they would not want to sit around and watch people flip Lucy's for like eight, $9,000 when they can put that money in their pocket because no manufacturer sees a dime on a secondhand sale. Um, he then writes, do, 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 do. Not sure why Hilton is still allowed on Pinside. Every thread he goes into, he ruins. He is the biggest cancer on Pinside. Hey, Joe, stop bullying Hilton. Come on. Um, he goes, you should go back to discussing health on your podcast. I haven't heard you say anything about it in like 10 months or so, but I want to let you know it was awesome hearing you talk about health and how we all should be healthier. Seeing what you were talking about at PinFest was such an eye-opener for me since I've played a lot less pinball, spent more time in the gym, and permanently changed my diet. When people ask me how the diet is going, I tell them that I'm not on a diet. My results. All right, he says he was, you know, 336 at PinFest, and he's 249. I mean, he's 249 today. That is incredible. Joe, you, he's lost like 100 pounds. Um, he's added 15 pounds of muscle, he says. Um, one of his personal friends is a personal trainer. He said, eight months ago, I was sucking wind walking upstairs. Today, I run upstairs like they are nothing. Um, look, Joe, Joe, I mean, this, this, this is probably my favorite email I've ever received. If, 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 my, um, if my provocation or my inspiration to you guys to actually like, you know, make your life's balance. And I think I preach that on this podcast all the time. Now, I don't talk about it all the time, Joe, because I also, I also find it annoying when people do preach too much about being healthy and working out. You know, you, everyone has that friend, right? The gym, the gym rat who like won't stop talking about it that shows up to like football games with food and Tupperware that's healthy. Um, I don't want to be that guy. Um, but what I do want to do is encourage all of you to spend more time taking care of your health. And, and simply because I, I, I don't know how to enjoy life when I don't feel good. And I want all you guys to feel good. I think that's like super important. 
All right, Joe, thank you so much. And keep up, keep it up, man. I mean, you're, that's amazing. And um, I, I'm just reading out too, like at the end of his email, he's like, can you not mention my name? <laughs> I just recorded this. It's Joe. I don't know your last name. I don't know any other details about it. So I have tons of Joes who write into the show. Um, so look, if, if you don't want me to read emails or parts of your email on air, you have to say that up front for a listener of the show because I, I literally open up and read. I, I, I don't read through and then record. All right. So sorry about that. But hopefully you can still remain anonymous amongst your friend set and, and surprise them when you hit the total target, all right? Um, everybody, have a great day. I got to run to my meeting. Thank you again for listening. Canada out.